Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So today, the sermon is on uh, following me. I looked at two specifics. Uh, versions and characteristics of following me. Jesus uh, called the disciples, and we're going to look at that, to follow him. He said, follow me. And that was the beginning of a life with Christ for Andrew and Simon Peter. Jesus also calls us to, once we have accepted Christ, to continue following him all the days of our life. So we'll be looking at both of those things. We're going to start out in Matthew with a message translation. Matthew 21 and read 1 through 11. This uh, passage here is on Palm Sunday. And I know that uh, uh, Palm Sunday, uh, as far as the calendar goes, uh, referring to Palm Sunday would be out of sequence. But we're not looking at it. And that way, we're looking at, at it from uh, the standpoint of the disciple, the disciples who did what, who heard what Jesus said, and they did what he said, and the things that uh, are revealed about Jesus on that day that we call Palm Sunday. What is Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday is a, a Contextually, for the Old Testament, you could say that uh, Palm Sunday is like Christmas and Resurrection Sunday rolled into one in the New Testament. But contextually, that was what Palm Sunday would be in the Old Testament. It was a big deal in the church. And uh, uh, let's read that, looking at the directions of Jesus and the response of the disciples. This is from the message translation. I like that one best. It said, when they uh, neared Jerusalem, having arrived at Bethpage on Mount Olives, Jesus sent two disciples with these instructions. He said, go over to the village across from you. You'll find a donkey tethered, tied up there. Uh, her colt uh, and her colt with her. Untie her and bring them to me if anyone asks uh, what you're doing, say, the master needs them, and he will send them with you. Uh, in another verse down, it says that uh, they put clothes on him, I mean, on the donkey, for a saddle. So, what do we know from that passage? We know that uh, there uh, in. The same as there is today, what are donkeys used for? Hauling things, typically. And uh, uh, if you want to go somewhere, what do, you, what do you get? Get a horse, right? Same thing back then. But Jesus, showing us an example of humility, chose a donkey. And if you rode a horse back in those days... And even today, a lot of times, the higher stature you are, 
the fancier your saddle is, right? Jesus said that uh, to just they just put some clothes on a donkey for him to ride into town. They did what he said, though. All of that fulfilled uh, uh, prophecy found in Isaiah and also in uh, uh, Psalm 118 of the coming king of Christ. The point is uh, the disciples there were following Jesus. They heard what he said and they were doing what, he, they, what they were told without asking any questions. And they easily could have had questions. What kind of questions could they have? Why is he riding in on a donkey? Why didn't he want us to get us the best looking horse there he is? Why does he want us to just tie some clothes on it? Why don't we get a good saddle? A lot of questions. But they didn't ask them. They were following Jesus. Let's pray right there. Father Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the examples of the early disciples who heard your voice and did what you said. And the word says that uh, because they did what you said, that that day the people in town were singing Hosanna to the highest. Lord, we pray that we hear your word and that we are found doing what you say. And we pray that in our lives and in the lives of people around us, that we also hear Hosanna to you in the highest. We love you. We give you today. Speak to us and change us to make us look, look and appear more like your son Jesus. Amen. All right. Following Christ has a starting point. It's like a race. A race has two things in it. What? What does it have? A start and a finish. Yes, very good. A start and a finish. So if we're going to follow Christ, it's important that uh, we identify a change in our life and a change in our heart. Okay? <coughs> Matthew, 4, Matthew 4, chapter uh, verse 19 and 20. And we're going to look at that in the message uh, translation. Matthew 4, 19 and 20. You know, a starting place, every, uh, most people have a, uh, uh, a starting place when they receive salvation. Mine was at a camp. Uh, you know, and, and uh, there's significant things that happen in your life in the kingdom that uh, uh, you should be able to mark and see God at work in your life. All of those marks are uh, proof that God is alive and that, uh, and that you, he is changing you as you follow Jesus. I can think of a woman in 1981. Her name was Helma Honish. None of you will know her. She has gone on to be with the Lord. She was probably 75 in 81 and uh judy went to the lutheran church and i didn't even go the first sunday i think i went the second sunday but uh, uh monday morning this woman 
went to the post office in Van Vleck with just a name. We didn't have all those fancy connect cards. With just a name, went in there, got Miss Hudson, somebody might know them, and uh, uh, said, where's this girl live? And she told old Helma Hannish, and Helma Hannish went down there, and uh, Judy told her, well, I don't have no way to make it to Bible study. I don't Helma came from Van Vleck, from Bay City to Van Vleck in 81 for four weeks in a row. After that, Judy, Judy went to Bible study every week. We were in church every week. What I'm saying is that there is a start, and as you follow, you will see God honoring that in your life. Sometimes we get caught up following God, and we think that we're not getting anywhere. No. As you follow God, you will see God honor that, and you will see things happen. Okay? Matthew 4, 19 through 20. Uh, Jesus said to them, come to me. I'll make you a kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to cat, catch uh, men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed him. So what does Jesus call Andrew and Simon to? Simon Peter. He says, hey, y'all quit your life of fishing. That was their way of life. Quit what you're doing. Uh as a means of income for you and your family, and follow me. You're going to do that now. Now, and as I researched this and I looked at it, Andrew and Simon Peter, were, they were better than just fishermen. They were up there. They had a big business, and they were doing well. Whenever Christ calls you, you need to respond, just like they did. Let's look at this next passage from King in the King James Version. Matthew 24, 9 through 14. In this, uh, in this passage, we will see this as a, a, a sign of the times. And it goes on, uh, it, it goes along with telling us that uh, uh, just because you accept Christ doesn't mean that you're the rest of your life is going to be a rah-rah party. It's not going to be a, it's not a, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, no troubles, no problems, no more work. No, no, that's not true. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Once you decide to follow him, here's what comes. This ought to make y'all happy. Verse nine, it says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Awesome. And uh, it shall kill you even better. And you shall be hated among all nations by my, for my name's sake. This can happen and still can happen and is happening. And then shall, uh, shall be many more offended and shall betray one another and shall have one and, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. It says that uh, uh, it says uh, the uh, the way to uh, the one who stands firm. What does it mean to stand firm? Someone that follows Christ. 
Someone that follows Christ is standing firm. It doesn't mean to be perfect. It doesn't mean to be in church every Sunday. It doesn't mean to, uh, you know, to live like everybody thinks you ought to live. It means to follow Christ. That's how you stand firm. It doesn't mean to, to go to church because uh, uh, your parents went to church. It doesn't mean to... Uh, live like a certain it means to follow jesus to live like jesus that's what it means to stand firm amen luke 8 11 through 15 we're looking at this in the niv niv verse 10 he said uh the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but uh, ha, ha, has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seen they may not see. <coughs> Excuse me. Though through hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable of the seed in the will of God. So. <coughs> in this parable, excuse me, in this parable, the parable of the seeds, it says, Jesus says, look, you need to be listening. And he says right there, everybody that I speak to is not going to hear. So it's a warning. You can sit there and listen and not hear a word somebody is saying. You can also in the same way watch and see someone without seeing. That's the warning. Do you know how rich the word of God is? Do you know how powerful the word of God is? Have you ever thought the reason we don't respond to the word of God is because we're not listening or because we're not seeing? I do. I want to hear everything God has to say, and I know you do too. In 8 through 15, it says uh, uh, you need to be listening so that you do not fall away. How do you fall away from something? Falling away here, I believe, is losing faith. Uh, we're not going to build a doctrine around that. We're not going to say this or that. Uh, uh, we're not. I already said it in the last. I might as well say. It. I believe uh, once you're saved, you're not always saved. I believe you can walk away from your faith. That's just me personally, and that can be argument. And we won't uh, drive a nail in that right now, either way. But it's pretty. Conf I'm pretty confident from what this says that that's what it means. Let's move on before I get into trouble here. Luke 9, 57 through 62. 
Jesus speaks, and this is the NIV version, uh, Jesus speaks and gives direction to uh, three men on how to follow him. This is a good example uh, for after we've accepted Christ, after uh, we've been baptized, how we are to follow him. These, uh, all three of these three guys had what? Excuses. I'm glad we don't have any excuses. Let's look at what their excuses are. All right. Luke 9, 57 through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. It's a good confession. Uh, verse 58. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, have dens, and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He says, Foxes have so in response to him saying, hey, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, Jesus responds, hey, foxes have dens. In other words, foxes have a place to stay. And birds have nests. They're taken care of too. But if you're going to follow me, you're not necessarily going to have it easy. See what it says? You may not even have a place to stay. You might not have a pillow. It's not always going to be comfortable. I mean, everybody's comfortable. But comfort is a luxury. You know? Jesus says that here. Let's go on. Let's, let's turn, turn to the next man. Comfort is a luxury. We know that. He said to another man, the second guy says, uh, Jesus calls him and says, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So what's Jesus telling? Nah. You don't have time to bury your own father. How important is the kingdom of God? I, I personally, I think in this passage, this guy, for whatever reason, uh, did not have his priorities straight. You know, for whatever reason, him wanting to go back and help bury his father. Maybe he had brothers and sisters that should have been doing that. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate that. But there was something wrong out of place with him wanting uh, uh, to follow Jesus but go and take care of this burial. In other words, things were out of order in his house, in his life. Just like we can easily put things before God and things can be easily out of order in our lives. Follow me? Let's go to the third guy. Thank you, Jimmy Don. Still another one said, I will follow you, Lord, 
But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back. Looking and looks back, it's fit for service in the kingdom of God. So what's this talking about? Half-heartedness. Do we all understand what half-heartedness is? I'm glad we don't have anybody half-hearted in here. You know, I'm not going to lift my head right high, but I, I you know, I got to watch my own self for being half-hearted. Honestly. That's what Jesus is saying. So, are you following Christ? You know, I understand that you've got a a, a starting place, and if you don't have a starting place, we want to invite you to have a starting place today. Let's go ahead and nail that down. For uh, for salvation uh and you don't have to uh, come forward. You know, I, uh, it begins with a decision. You make a decision right there where you're at to follow Christ. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how many times your mom or daddy has drugged you like this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're uh, 80 years old or it doesn't matter if you're eight. If you know that you know that you know that you have not accepted Christ, you need to do that today. And uh, you need to pray with somebody. You need to uh, pray with somebody so that they know about it because the next thing that you need to do after you accept Christ is be baptized. It is your first act of obedience after accepting Christ. And guess what will happen if you don't tell somebody about it? The devil will steal it away from you. Remember what we talked about? Well, going back to that fallen away stuff. We to do that. Uh, all right. So they got their directions. We understand following Jesus means accepting him 100%. Uh, no, you can't follow him half, half-heartedly. Matthew 22, 34 through 36. We've got two groups of people called Sadducees and Pharisees that came together to try to trick Jesus up by asking him a question. Who were the Sadducees? Sadducees were a politically elite group of heavily uh, group heavily involved in political affairs. You not only had the set and they're Jews, and then uh, not only had the Sadducees, but you also had Pharisees. What was the difference about the uh, Pharisees from the Sadducees? They were Jews also. Pharisees were members of an ancient ancient Jewish sect distinguished by strict observance of the law. So what's the difference in Sadducees and Pharisees? I had an illustration for this, and I got an amen from Ms. Sharon, so I'm going to go back to that again. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. It's like First Baptist and Second Baptist. They're both Jews. Pentecostal or United Pentecostals? They're both Jews, okay? 
Here's what they did. But they were after Jesus. The reason they were after Jesus was because so many people were following him. And they felt intimidated. They thought, oh, here comes another ruler. Here comes another king. They were, they've been talking about a king. Here's what it says. When the Pharisees heard how he had uh, bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. One of their religious scholars uh, spoke to them, posing a question that they hoped would show him up. And they said this, Teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? So what was his answer? They asked him for one law. What's the most important law in all the commandments? Why did they want just one? They wanted to simplify it. Who likes simple? I, I, I love simple. They were trying to simplify things, Kevin. Yeah, they wanted to keep it simple. Uh, why did they want to keep it simple? Because they done made it so confusing that nobody could keep the law. They didn't even know what the law... They, they had a hard time keeping the law uh, together. There was uh, over 600 laws. Why did they need 600 laws? Because 10 wasn't enough to keep them from sinning. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they just had they find new ways to sin. So when you find a new way to sin, you got to be oh well. I mean, if you live by the law, that's the way it is. You know, you find a new way to sin, well, you write another law. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. We follow Christ. We don't need the law. That's what, that's what Jesus was telling them when he gave them the answer. What was his answer? He said, "Have no uh, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And they thought, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. But then what did they say? Then what did Jesus say? And along with that, once you have accomplished that, love your neighbor as yourself. That's why they were sad, you see. <laughs> because they hated everybody. <laughs> they were haters, and they liked being hated. You know anybody like that today? You know any haters that hate with a smile on their face? I, I do. Come on. <laughs> they may be kin to some Sadducees. I don't know. That wasn't in the first message. That was for free. All right. <clears throat> From that time on, because Jesus gave them the perfect answer that led them to him as a savior. At that time, there was a change. There was a shift. And uh, there was an assault. That's what the word says. That began right there. That continued all the way to the cross of Calvary. All the way. Didn't stop. Until they had accomplished that. True followers. Pharisees and Sadducees were not true followers. 
What are some characteristics of a true follower of Christ? They know a true follower of Christ knows how to hear his voice. And a true follower of Christ is obedient to that voice. In other words, uh, following Jesus is the lifetime spent hearing his voice and doing what he says. Not that hard. I mean, it can be hard. We read that. You might end up without a house. might end up without a pillow somewhere. But heaven is our home. All we got to do is make up our minds uh, to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then he says, follow me. Amen? What keeps us from following Christ? What are some of the things that hinder us from following Christ? We could go on and on and on with here. I had an old pastor who always called this. uh, He said, make a list of. The cares of life. What are cares of life? Anything that distracts you from the kingdom of God is a care of life. Anything. Probably some of us need to do that. Probably some of us are so deceived that we don't even know what the cares of life are in our life. Now you're really in a bad place when you don't know that. I mean, if you're sinning and you don't even, you're sinning in so many ways you don't even know how, you need some help. What are some tools that God has given us to help us follow him? We are surrounded by a body of believers, are we not? One of the things that we did, uh, one of the things that we talked about in the first service is, is a, a God is doing a lot of good things in the church. If you don't know what is keeping you from following Jesus to the fullest extent, not half-hearted, if you know you're being half-hearted, then I suggest that you confess that and take direction. Take advantage of the chances that we have. Get prayer. Somebody could have a word from you. I, 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 uh, I didn't write this down, but here's what I said. The first service I said, uh, you know, I have come and gotten prayer and gotten wisdom that replaced, without a doubt in my mind, stupidity. <laughs> Thinking, thinking, went away. When I said, God, I don't like this. He said, yeah, you're right. You don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else experienced that? I know somebody has. Take advantage of, to follow Christ just means submitting to him. That is one way that uh, uh, you can submit to him. Other ways, I, I want to uh, uh, plug life groups right here. You know, being part of a life group is is a great way to follow Christ. It's a great way to learn the word. You know, a follower of Christ will become in love with the word. Somebody, uh, you know, has a hard time understanding the word and you want to increase your uh, uh, knowledge of the word, life groups. Uh, 
And, you know, and by all means, when you get cross-threaded, and you will, sooner or later, you're going to get cross-threaded with somebody in church, or you're going to get cross-threaded with, with some of your leaders, submit to the authorities in your life. That's right. I got a zero amen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. I don't care if you amen me or not. I'm a church guy. I've been in church. When, whenever the hammer comes down, it's because they love you. Listen to what they say. Amen? Y'all stand. We're going to finish early today. Prayer teams, y'all come forward. Let's bow our heads. Let's do this. Every eye closed. Mine too. I ain't looking either. Father, Lord. We thank you for today. I, I, I sense in my spirit that uh, someone is, uh, is some kind of way is uh, uh, serving half-heartedly. I encourage you to uh, come and get prayer for that. I, I uh, sense in my spirit that uh, there's other things that are uh, holding people back from following Jesus the way that they want uh the way that they know that God wants them to. There's people that uh, I feel like uh, there also is a, uh, someone that is a head of a household. I don't know if it's a male or female, but someone that is the head of a household that uh, doesn't feel like they're uh, doing the best they can for their family. Uh, God wants to fix that. He wants to give that direction. He wants to uh, change that situation. Uh, if you respond to him, he'll do that. Anyone that needs to start a relationship with following Jesus, I'll just uh, seal that right now in the name of Jesus. If that's you, you just name it and claim it and get prayer for it. Father, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you never give up on us, Lord. You are faithful and you are true. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that we sang about earlier. Now, if, if uh, any of this that I've said uh, rings a bell with you, anything strikes you in your heart that you need prayer for, we, it's, it's, it's not even 1215. You got plenty of time to get prayer. Uh, uh, and we want to do that. We want to meet you there. Meet you here. We want to meet every need and we're believing for that. So I'm going to pray over you and release you. Father Lord, we thank you for these faithful people. 
Lord, we pray that uh, uh, all of us would be found following you all the days of our lives. And we pray that even as we respond for prayer today, that you uh, uh, search our hearts and give us direction and give us correction, just like any good father would. Lord, we thank you that uh, as we call you good father, we know that there is no other father like you. We thank you and we praise you today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that uh, moves every day in our lives, Lord. Help us to be the followers that you want us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.